Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really worry like Hello and welcome to another episode of the Drop Goal Podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by a player who has a Challenge Cup final victory to his name at just 23 years of age. It's the man himself, Matty Davis. Welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, mate. Uh, good to hear from you, pal. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be on your podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm re- really looking forward to, uh, to having a chat about a few things with you, mate. Definitely. Let's waste no time and begin. So, growing up yeah. as a young lad in Warwickshire... Which sports were you initially interested in, and when did rugby come into your life? Uh, so, growing up, I, I was sort of I lived on the yeah right on the border of Warwickshire and Leicestershire, mate. So um, it was yep. massive. R- rugby union was massive down there, and I played um, I played rugby union for my local team, uh, Hinkley, and um, yeah. And I did, to be fair, mate, I didn't really play much else. I, I was massively massive on rugby, and uh, my dad. My dad got me into that, and I've got two younger brothers that uh, also play rugby. Uh, you know, we, we played together a bit, like in the garden and yeah. and uh, and things like that. And and yeah, so we just from a young age, from about five or six, mate, we started playing rugby union down the local club. Um, obviously, you know, I had a dig at every every sport, you know, like you do. Mm-hmm. You know, we played a bit of football, uh, cricket, everything. Yeah. You know, the the generic sports, mate. And um, but now we just took off. Took off with rugby and, and loved it, mate. That's that's what we'd do sort of every weekend. You know, you'd be playing yeah. games and that. Um, so yeah, that, that's it really, mate. I mean, um, I didn't play too much else. Like I, I was just obsessed with rugby. I got to sort mm. of the age of like 13, 14, 15, and I'd should be training every night and um, I'd be playing uh, for the school on the Saturday. I'd be playing for my my club on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was just that's that's all I did really, mate. From from a young age, um, that that to be fair, oh, obviously I always watch rugby league at a young age. Yeah. Um, on TV, I used to watch the Challenge Cup on BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have Sky back then. Um, yeah. Uh, at my home, but um, used to I remember watch the Challenge Cup on TV and always enjoyed watching that. And um, so so yeah, and, and as soon as I could play rugby league, really, I, I got a bit of a chance to. I did it at seventeen. Um, yeah. So. So yeah, mate, it's a massive rugby union background um, yeah. from you know from a young age. But then, um, yeah, I was happy to pick up rugby league, you know, uh, when I was about sort of sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. So like so, you said, when you were growing up, uh, you used to play rugby a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were an amateur for the Leicester Storm mm-hmm. in the Conference League uh, South, as yeah. well as featuring for the Midlands Regional Academy. At, at this point in your career. Uh, were you playing the game as an amateur for a little bit as fun, or did you know that you were destined to become a rugby league player? Uh, yeah, that's you know, mate. Um, so when when I played rugby union, I was at uh, I was at Leicester Tigers through the youth yeah. system. So I always wanted from you know from day one when I was playing rugby as a, as a young lad that I wanted to be professional. You know, that that was yeah. always my dream. That was always my goal. Um, I never, you know, I didn't do too well at school because I was just focused on being a rugby player. Yeah. Um, and and so that that was always my goal from from day one, mate. And so I went to play, I went to play league, and that that was completely through uh, one of my good friends, uh, good friends from back home. He he yeah. he'd done a season at Leicester Storm the the year before me, um, yeah. and you know he he, he got me. Uh, I knew him through Tigers and through a few of the things, and he he got me to come and play at Storm with him, and 
had a had a great because in in the Midlands they obviously they're not massive with rugby league, so they just play it yeah. for the summer. They play it for about three months over the summer, mm-hmm. and um, so I went to play with with him, and then I got picked up through the Midlands from that. Um, yeah. And and the Midlands Academy was a great structure. Actually, I don't I don't think it's fully going now, but it was, you know I, I got into that academy system. It was a great structure that was going at, at Loughborough College, and yeah. um, we we trained we trained like a professional academy did. Uh, yeah. Played against the professional academy that you know the Super League academies. We played against a, a few Championship under twenty teams, mm-hmm. um, and sort of from then on, then on, mate. That's that's when I sort of first tasted, you know, that sort of rugby environment being be yeah. full time and that camaraderie of the you know the boys around you and and yeah for you know that that sort of drove me massively um from you know being at the midlands yeah. it, it was actually a really good system ran by a bloke steve crooks who is mm-hmm. um who I, I still keep in touch with now you know he's a, he's a great friend of mine and he he um worked at, he played for Hull fc uh, he, he worked at Hull KR Hull fc and he coached a few teams and he came down and did a great job with the with the Midlands, and yeah. um, and it carried on for a few years. You know, there's there's the Midlands have actually produced some some good players. You know, myself, yeah. um, my bro- my brother that plays down at Broncos. There's mm-hmm. a lad, uh, uh, a lad called Jason Bass who plays over at York City Knights. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's a few players that there's a there's a few players down at London that came through the Midlands system as well. So yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's it's done okay. It's done okay, but. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely when I was at the Midlands, you know, I definitely um, that it sort of drove me, you know, it drove me to do a bit more and yeah. um, and, and push myself. Um, so yeah, that's great. Uh, so whilst playing in the Midlands setup, uh, you were spotted by the London Broncos head of youth Darren Higgins, who then picked hmm. out you and Ben Gray to join the pre- prestigious London Broncos Academy, which is known to produce some amazing rugby league talent. Uh, when you were chosen mm. to join the Broncos Academy, was this a point in your career when you realised that you could actually make a living uh, playing rugby league? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, I went so uh, Darren Higgins. He, uh, I spoke to him about a few things. He wanted me to come down, so I went on a bit of a trial basis. Yeah. Um, uh, trained for a week, and then I got chucked in. I started at back row uh, against Hull KR. I remember my first game. Uh, academy. So my first game was yeah, I got thrown in right in the deep end by Danny Ward, who was uh, Wardy was the coach of the academy at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Wardy put me in a back row, and I had a good game. And then I pretty much signed. I got signed up. Me and uh, the lad that I went down and played with, we got we got signed up for the academy. Yeah. Um, pretty much the week after, mate. And and um, yeah, you know, it was a big move because uh, moving from sort of from from back home for, like Leicestershire way Warwickshire way down to London you know yeah. it's I was I was 18 years old and um, hadn't really been away from home at all um, so it was a massive mm-hmm. move and you know obviously financial thing that that was always an issue but you know we just sort of got past it um, yeah. you know we sort of uh, sacrificed a lot of things to uh, a lot to to sort of really push on and, and try and get to that sort of you know to be that professional player yeah definitely um yeah yeah and in so, 20... um, sorry yeah. go on no you, you go mate that's fine uh, and in 2015 you're given an even bigger opportunity to move up the broncos academy and start training with the first team 
Uh, when you initially started training with the first team, was there a notice noticeable skill gap between the academy? And if so, how did you adapt to training with the first team? Uh, yeah, I think there was a noticeable skill gap, but it was more just sort of the professionalism of the, you know, of, of the how you go about stuff day to day in training, yeah. and and you know the the skill is is just always have to be on, and uh, the physicality is a lot more even in training. That was something that I hadn't really seen before. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I got that opportunity through Hendo, um, yeah. who obviously I work work with now at Warrington, um, mm -hmm. and then and then yeah, it you know I. The, the sort of the way I go about things, mate, I just work really hard, you know, that's the sort of play I am, I work hard and, and sort of test the waters a bit in training and uh, and just, just you know, and, and just go hard in training and, and that's all, that's, that's what I'm about, so nothing really changed too much for me in the sense that I was always going to do the same thing in any environment yeah. that I'm in, I'm always going to work hard and and, um, and give it me all, but, but yeah, you definitely need to be on concentration-wise, skill-wise, you know, your focus levels need to be you know, a lot higher than they would probably be at academy, but that just yeah. comes natural when when you're in that sort of environment and you know you have to sort of step up. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, I mean, for for me it helps because I'm always hundred, you know, I'm always hundred percent, always hundred miles per hour with with everything yeah. that I'm doing with me. So, you know, my focus is always there. For me, it's you know, it's probably just uh, knowing when to sort of settle settle myself down in different scenarios. Um, yeah, definitely. But, but but yeah, mate. It's um, it, there's definitely oh, yeah, there's definitely a massive gap from academy to to first team, and that's why so many lads drop out of the system that yeah. you know could potentially be good players in the future because you know you're expected to be a very good athlete and player 18 year, years old when realistically you know some players mature later, some yeah, you know yeah. so it's. It is a it is a big gap, and only so so many players can make it. You know, make yeah. the gap, which is which is obvious. You know, that's the you know the be the best players, they can make that. So, um, yeah, definitely. And in the same year you started training with the first team, you also made your debut uh, with the Broncos. You made your debut on the twenty third of May in twenty fifteen uh, in a huge yeah. 40, 46 to six victory over the Sheffield Eagles. What was it like to pull on the Broncos jersey on the day of your debut? Yeah, it was great, mate. I think I think you know a bit more about my rugby than I do. I, I, I definitely wouldn't. Have, I definitely wouldn't have known that uh, I debuted on twenty third of May. But um, but yeah, it, it was great, mate. It was it was that was the first summer bash, I think. Um, yeah. It was the first summer bash, and uh, Hendo came out of retirement to to play as well. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it was yeah, mate. It was a great. I, I think I only got on for the last twenty five minutes, but um, yeah. So we played against Chef and. We did a really good job on them, and yeah, it, we were going through quite a tough. It was, it was a tough season. There was it was a transition yeah. when obviously London got relegated, and um, a lot of players left. A lot, you know. Mm. Uh, there was a, a we had a very young team, and um, it was it was great, mate. You know, it was great to sort of put a performance like that, and, and I won't definitely won't forget that day um, for a lot of reasons. And um, yeah, it, it it was very special, you know, to make the debut for for my for my friends and family that. Um, you know that have always sort of pushed not not pushed me, but you know looked looked up to me and always want me to work hard and 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 my family have done absolute uh, absolutely everything with me to you know take me here there and everywhere um, yeah. for to to play rugby. I think it was just a proud moment for them really. Um, and my brother, you know, my two brothers looking up to me mm -hmm. um, as a role model. You know, I think it was a proud moment for them. Um, 
so yeah, that that was great, mate. You know, and I'll, I won't forget that. You know, sometimes you just you forget things, don't you? You, you forget, yeah. You forget when you know when you started and um, mm. and your debut and stuff like that. But it's always good to sort of look back and reflect on you know on on some some very important you know very important times of your life. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Uh, the yeah. day was also to be a day uh, to be remembered for for current Warrington Wolves assistant coach Andrew Henderson, mm. uh, who, like you said, was coming out of retirement for the Broncos. Uh, did you feel any extra pressure to perform well on the day due to the fact that there was a new man there and this was your time to prove that you were ready for the first team rugby uh, week in, week out? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, um, playing with your coach is very, is, is very different. But yeah, yeah, it was it was good to, um, you know, it was good to play with him. And I played a few games with Hendo. I probably played up to like maybe the maybe ten games for the rest of the year, maybe more yeah. um, with Hendo in it. And I think you know he he saw what I was about. We're quite similar people in a way, um, mm-hmm. and it, you know he saw what I was about as a player and and how how hard I worked and stuff. And that that, that obviously shows first hand when you're sort of side by side with someone on a rugby field. Yeah. You know when you know when you go into war with the the bloke next year. I think he saw what I was about and and mm-hmm. and how hard I wanted to work for for the boys around me and, and the team. So um, I think it was a massive help, mate. You know him him yeah. playing him playing with me because he, he saw you know he saw what it was about so um mm-hmm. yeah it, it, yeah it was good mate you know it was good and um he was always he was always very honest with me performances um yeah. we're very honest like a very honest bloke and, and coach and person so um it was good we were, we were on a good uh wavelength together so yeah Definitely. Uh, and after making your debut for the Broncos, you were not a regular first-team player. Uh, you played a couple of games, but you were also out on due registration quite a few times uh, before mm-hmm. cementing a spot in the Broncos squad. Uh, you went to the Hamill Stags in 2016 and the London Scholars in 2017. Uh, what is your yeah. view uh, yes. on due registration? And do you think it's a necessary concept to keep in our game in order to help grow young talent? Uh, so in 2016, I had a I played a game at uh, yeah I played a game at Hemel. I think I was just yeah uh, at that time I was just you know I was a young lad. I was probably 19, very sort of very green to the game still, mm-hmm. probably making a few wrong decisions in a few different ways. But yeah. um, but but yeah, I think um and and then actually in 2017 i think it yeah 2017 it was i'd just come back from a uh, an acl reconstruction so yeah um i was able to play out at scholars uh, i played against toronto and i remember it being newcastle uh, yeah. in 2017 and that sort of get you know that gave me the opportunity to sort of get a bit of match fitness back for you know back for the first team mm-hmm. um you know i think with dual dual registration um it is always a tough situation because you 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 go into a team that you don't you don't train with at all or yeah. you don't you don't know any of the boys and you're just expected to go there and play and 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 often you know the team that you go to might not be might not be the best or or yeah. you might be coming against a, a team that's a lot better and and you're sort of marked on your performance against a really good team and a team that mm. you probably you don't know you don't know any of the boys you don't know the the, the plays that you're putting on so you just got to go and do your best mate and yeah um my view on dual registration is that i don't i don't think i don't think you know coaches or of, of your of your parent club should 
such so always expect you to to go there and and be happy about it. I think mm-hmm. the reserves is a much better system because it's 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 in the club. Yeah. Um. You know, it's kept in the club. The players are the same. You got the same coaches. Maybe the assistant coach, the head, or the first team might coach it or might be there on the day. The S and C. Um. And you know the boys that that are playing, they're either yeah. Younger, you know, older academy lads or younger first team boys, and in you know you want to try and improve them and and help them where you can. So the reserve mm-hmm. system is a thousand times better in my opinion. And and Jewel yeah. Reg was. Well, I found at London a lot of the time. You know, we we didn't often get lads on Jewel Reg at London. It was very rare. Uh, yeah. I think we had a couple over the years, but not that I can remember too much. But um, you know, we'd we'd go and play Featherstone, and we wouldn't know we wouldn't know who was playing. We wouldn't be able to really we we'd video we'd analyse them, but then yeah. we wouldn't know who was going to turn up from Leeds on that that weekend. Mm. So and then we'd play we'd play Lee, and then you know you don't know who's going to turn up from Wigan that weekend. And it's you know it's 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 all it's fair, and you know you get on the job, but um, it's. It's one of those things where, in my opinion, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it personally, unless, yeah, um, and you know, I, I mean, I went when I started at Warrington, I wasn't getting on too well at, at early doors. Um, I had a really mm-hmm. good pre-season, but I didn't really sort of, I didn't get the opportunity early doors, and I had to go and play for Rochdale yeah. for a month, which was obviously so hard because the the year before, I played against Rochdale for London and beating them by. 80, 70, 80 points every wow. game. So then you, you go up to Warrington uh, and then you have to get put on loan to, to Rochdale and play the likes of Toronto. And you know, As you can imagine, mentally, it's it's, it's a tough situation. Yeah. Um, but So that was hard. That That's where I don't agree with it. But then I got to go to, I got to go on a month's loan back to London, yeah. um, who obviously I'd been promoted with in, to the Super League and, and um and that that was probably one of the best moves I'd I'd made all season, you know, yeah. for, throughout that season because I got to play my first game. I was straight in there against St Helens. I played sixty five, I think sixty five minutes, and then we played Leeds yep. at, at Headingley and beat Leeds, and then we played Hull FC and Huddersfield. So um, it was a great month, and we got a couple of decent results in there. And um, I think that showed Warrington that you know I could I could play at the Super League level for you know sixty eighty minutes a game yeah. in the middle. Um, so, if I'm honest, mate, I, it's it's a tough one because I think I think alone the loan moves a good idea because sometimes some lads aren't ready or probably aren't at the standard to to be yeah. playing at that top team like Warrington. Mm-hmm. So, and then they can go away for a month or two to maybe a you know a, a team that a team that needs you you know needs you to play and that you can definitely excel at which yeah. which you know which was good. To, that you know, London want me to come and do that. I was really thankful of Wardy, Langers, and, and the people around at, at mm-hmm. that point that I, that I could do that to to go and express myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, my view on Jewel Reg is that I don't I don't agree with it, but I I, I agree with loans and and um, the reserve reserve system certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked Andrew Henderson a similar question when he was on the podcast a couple of months back. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to ask you the same question now. Mm. Uh, with playing rugby league, Dan South being a big part uh, in your career so far, there's clearly a lot of talent on earth from London, such as yourself, LMS, Sergeantson, Mike McMeekin and Club, to name a few. 
Uh, what could the RFL do more to tap into this uh, talent pool uh, to further establish the game down south? Uh, you know what? I think, um, you know, I think, like, that. I kind of, in a way, uh, I think the RFL are just a bit naive to, uh, to, to lads down south. Probably, it's, it's always hard, you know, when you're playing at London, you, uh, no one sort of tends to sort of look and, yeah. Um, and sort of see see what you're doing really because you you're down there on your own and 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 I think I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's I don't know I just think they probably turn turn a blind eye at the boys that come up through through um, a southern system because it's not where the game's played you know it's not where the game's sort of nurtured and stuff it's obviously up north um, yeah so I, I think they definitely turn a blind eye to to a lot of lads and. There's some great players that sort of go missing just because, um, just because they're not they're, they're not getting seen. They're not they're not yeah. getting the exposure that lads get up north. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, they actually have. There's, there's a great system down in London in general, like a great youth system that they've got going. Yeah. Um, that they actually play. I'm I'm pretty sure they still do it. They play like an Origins, um, North versus South um, mm-hmm. in London. Um, there's a few, there's a few teams and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it, and with the Midlands, mate, you know, the Midlands are some some great players, but it's just about the exposure. And it's uh, just teams up north don't really sort of give it give it a chance. Yeah. Um, it's simple as that, mate. It's I don't think there's anything else about it that teams just turn a complete blind, like coaches or or um, I don't know owners of academies or something like that they they just completely turn a blind eye from it and mm. and probably don't don't see um you know don't see the player for who they are or, or what they can do on the rugby field and just see him as someone that's probably not played the game for long enough and, and just sort of that you know they're not bothered about it and it, it does that, that it frustrates me things like, like that because you know you've got some great lads that go missing or that you know don't that could potentially have a, a career in rugby league, and they just yeah. they just get sort of thrown away because because of you know people being um, in a way too obnoxious to to sort of give them a chance, um, mm-hmm. and that that's all sort of some lads some some lads want down there, you know they they just want a chance to to play a bit of rugby league, and there's there's a lot a lot a hell of a lot of talent as mm-hmm. you know you just named named a few. And shown what they can do. Um, yeah. So, but you know, it's you, you wonder. Um, you know, London London Academy set up. The amount of players that just, um, that just like are on an absolute conveyor belt of of talent down in uh, down at the Broncos. You know, they just you know, I'm pretty sure in 2018, I'm pretty sure like six players debuted. Um, yeah. You know, debuted. I remember my brother debuted. Dan Highmarsh, uh, Jakey Ogden. Um, yeah. there, there was a few. There's a few more for sure. Like Rob Butler debuted. Yeah. Uh, I think Gideon Boafa. There, there's probably there was probably about six to seven lads that debuted from the academy, and that that was in that was in a year that we were pushing for Super League. Yeah. So Danny Ward and Jamie Langley, they they. You know they worked these boys up, and they, you know, they they were both academy coaches, so they had that utmost trust in in the boys and to to go out and do a job. So, um, you know, th- th- there's an absolute talent pool down in 
does definitely need to, to be looked at a lot more, but how the RFL could do it, I'm not sure. I think London are doing a great job in, um, in producing boys yeah. um, for the game in general, and that's shown over the years for sure. So uh, I think it'll be, if, if London... You know, if London can get in back into the Super League, which is where they, in my opinion, they definitely belong. Yeah. Um, I don't think they should have. It's controversial, but they shouldn't have been relegated in 2019. Mm. Um, but you know, if they can get back into the Super League, then that's where um there'll be much there'll be a lot more exposure about London. Um, and it'll be just seen seen as for what it is, and like you know, a good club that that produces top players. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh- uh, and in 2018, you decided to leave the Broncos and join the Warrington yeah. Wolves for the 2019 season and onwards. Uh, were there any other yeah. clubs interested in your signature? Um, what made you choose uh, Warrington? Uh, at that time, I mean, London wanted to re-sign me at the start of the season, and that sort of uh, they offered me a con- Wardy offered me a contract early doors, um, yeah. and I just sort of said to him from day one, you know, I, I, I want to, um, you know, I want to play Super League. That's that's my goal and. Um, yeah. And what Warrington came in quite fairly early, I think. I remember signing towards the end of May, early June. So, in terms of things, it was quite early. Um, but I, before I really got the chance to speak to anyone else, I just signed at Warrington, mate. If I'm honest, I, they they offered me a contract, and I just sort of um, I, I snapped it up straight away, signed yeah. it, and and that was it. Just because I was, you know, it wasn't the best of contracts at all. You know, I'm not going to lie mm. about that. It was, it was. Um, pretty average to say the least yeah um, but but you know it's um when you get an opportunity like that some you know uh, a contract from warrington you, you can't turn it down can you no um so and in hindsight you know that it, it was definitely the right thing to do I've, i'll come here and um played a fair few games won a challenge cup final and and um it, you know it's been good it has been good so yeah. um no i didn't have i don't think I remember having any clubs uh, interested at the time. I might have had a bit, but um, I was so interested in signing for Warrington when they came in and when they yeah. were interested that I never really thought about anything else. Um, mm. So I signed that. I signed that contract as soon as it, it came through. So definitely. Yeah. Now, when you initially signed for Warrington, the Broncos were not certain to make the playoffs. However, London Broncos season hit form and a winning streak which saw the Broncos undefeatable for months on end placed them in second position and player found. You were a key player in the playoffs, making your final appearance for the Broncos in an 11-8 victory over Salford. Uh, do you mm. feel better knowing that you had ended your career in London on a high, uh, being named Players Player of the Year as well as that they'd be promoted to Super League the following year? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, it, for me, for me, it was it was really emotional because we went through in that 2018 season. I'd signed at Warrington early doors, and we went yeah. through a lot of you know a lot of up downs, up and downs. It was a massive roller coaster that year. I remember over the Easter period, we we'd lost. I think we lost three games in a row, and it was yeah. hard to sort of see. I think we we're sitting in fifth, but it was hard to see where you know where we were going to come and. Um, yeah. I think we went on a massive winning streak and, and we were playing really well. Uh, we just just managed to get into the uh, into the eights. Um, yeah. You know, I think we were sitting in like I think we had to go to uh, we had to play Halifax at home, which we never in my time at London. I don't think we ever won there. Yeah. Um, for for four years and then 
and then we had to play Barrow away last game of the season, regular season before the eights. Yeah. So they're three really tough games, and, and we just managed to pull it out of the bag, mate. You know, we mm. and then I think we fit, like you said, we finished in that second position. Yeah. Um, completely the underdogs in the eights. Um, but we went to witness away first game, and Jazz Jazz Summit hit that drop goal to to win the game, and that was yeah. unreal. And I think from there, mate, we just we just thought, well, we've not got anything to lose, so let's just go at it. And and um, still, you know, I think we had a few tough results. We just missed out. Um, I think we drew with Featherston in in that in in the eights, and it was it was still really hard to see how how we were going to get promoted, but we just kept going. Um, and eventually, yeah. you know, we beat we beat Salford. Which that was my last game. I, um, unfortunately, I um, I took a big whack to the side of my face and yeah. and um, broke my cheekbone and my and uh, my eye socket. So that mm-hmm. was thanks, big thanks to um, my good friend Sadiq Adebayi for that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, so that it was it was upsetting for me that I, I finished that game and didn't finish in the million pound game. But you know, you know, looking back at it. Um, it was a great season, and I loved, you know, I loved every every bit of my time at London. Um, yeah. And, and it's such a great club, great bunch of lads, and a, a great vibe that, you know, you, you could never rule rule out going back there in the future if it stays the same. Um, Definitely. But you know, you know, I, I think I had massive respect from the boys, and I assume that's why I got players player. Um, there's so many yeah. lads that could have got it that year, you know. Pitsy, our captain, was class that year. Uh, Reese Williams, the winger. There's so many players. Kieran Dixon was class. Um, so many players that were great in that year. Um, so yeah, I was really proud to win that. And I'm pretty sure I, I shed a bit of a tear, you know, on, in our um, uh, awards ceremony when I when I won that, and I went up on stage and and, and was talking. And it was tough, mate, you know, because they 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 like from when I was sort of 17, 18. I grew up with them, a lot of them lads, and. Yeah. To to be leaving and then seeing the boys going to Super League as well was just it was just massive. So yeah. um, I definitely like accomplished what I wanted to accomplish in my time at London um, as a young lad. Um, yeah. Like you know to to help them get promoted to Super League and with with a lot of my really good mates. You know, Wardy and Langers are great mates of mine and and for them to sort of do it as coaches was was massive and you yeah. know wanting to play for them lads um, that that was great. You know. Yeah. So um, yeah, absolutely no regrets. You know, uh, when I was there, you know, it's it took me a bit of time to sort of get going. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like as you said, I had to play a bit of dual reg, but um, and when I was back from the injury, sort of mid twenty seventeen, I started picking it up, and then had a great season in twenty eighteen with the yeah. boys. So um, as as a bit of me breakthrough season, as as, as you could say. So uh, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when you joined the Warrington Wolves, your career at the Broncos was not yet over, as you did go back on a month's loan. Uh, with your time at the club in 2019, would you say that the Broncos had the strength in their squad to stay up that year? And if so, what do you think they could have done better in order to retain the place in Super League? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I definitely think they had the, the strength in the squad. You know, they signed, uh, signed Yatesy, um, yeah. Luke Yates, who was absolutely great that year in 2019. He absolutely killed it from, from day one. And, um, sign a few of the boys that that um, helped the team out massively, like Morgan Smith and and Jordan Abdul, the halfbacks. They they did a really good job, but you know they only just missed out. They they could have they played Wakefield. I remember last game of the season, and you just I just wish, you know, I just wish um, 
I wish the sort of system was a bit different and yeah. and, and they didn't have to get relegated because there was no way they deserved to, to get relegated after winning I can't remember how many games they won. I think it was about ten ten mm. games and that was the most a bottom position team has won in so many years, you know. I think yeah. Widnes won like won three games the year before and they didn't get relegated. Yeah. Um because of the Super Eight system. And I don't think London if they kept the Super Eight system They'd have never ever gone down that year. They were just, they, you know, they, they're a team that that never went, never goes away. That was always the philosophy that they had down there, and yeah. you know, you always always work hard for your mates, and and you never give up. So, um, and they it showed massively in that Super League year that I think even in that Leeds game that I played in when we won in in yeah. April, I think it was uh, March probably, we were. We were doing well at half time. Then we went, I think we went about three tries down, and we we brought it back and won in the last minute of the game. So it just sort of shows what mentality the boys had uh, in that 2019 season, and and it massively showed. With you know, with I think they ended up with 20 20 something points, which is not yeah. it's not it's not bad going at all in the first year of Super League after five years. Mm. Um, so it's disappointed to that, that they that they went down because I, I just think that. If the league structure was different, they they would have easily stayed up, and yeah, it, it was just a shame. It was just a shame, really. Um, but you know, things things happen, and I definitely do think they had the strength. There was probably a few times where I get a few games got away from them. I remember watching the game against Leeds at the Magic Weekend, and they had it in the balance, and, and yeah. just a few a few things didn't go their way. Simple as, and but you know, you can't. It, it is what it is. You they. You know, they got relegated, but and they'll be building now to to get back up to Super League. So, um, so yeah, it's, it it happens, mate. But I'm sure it'll um, them young lads that sort of tasted that experience of Super League and uh, in that 2019 season will definitely definitely help them get back up. Sorry, we lost you then. Yeah, that's all right. Um, where did you get to, mate? Uh, you going on about um, the lads in the 2019 squad uh, with the Super League experience? It will help mm. them get back up. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, so I think you know them young lads that have tasted that Super League that will you know help them progress. Hopefully, this year, next year, and you know see see what happens. See what happens from there, pal. Definitely. And after returning from your months loan, you became a frequent starter in the Wolves squad. Was it hard to adjust mm. to the Warrington style of play when you initially arrived at the club? And was there a noticeable skill gap between Super League and the Championship? Um, I think, yeah. So, I don't think it, it wasn't hard to sort of mould mold myself in with, with the boys at Warrington. And, you know, they, you know we, we play a, good, a pretty good style of rugby. Um, yeah. And and it's you know when you're playing with better players you kind of with, with the top players you know like you you Blake Austin you Toby Kings and your Daz Clark's people like that yeah uh, and a good set of middles you just need to look after your own job you know you look after your own job and and everyone else looks after their own job and then things come to fruition and you know in the end um, yeah so it is diff- it is different you know but. Um, no, it was it was really easy to fit in, mate. If I'm honest, um, yeah, really easy to fit in. Um, and the skill, the the difference between the championship and the Super League, like 
I think people, not the championship affair bit, but at the end of the mm. day, you're playing against some good lads. You're playing against lads that probably can play Super League. Yeah, definitely. But just haven't, haven't had the chance or, or you know, they're working part-time and that's not what they want to do. That's not their ambition. But, yeah. you know, they, they come out every weekend after after doing it tough, working and, and training, um, probably not getting paid too much. And and then, yeah. you know, they, they're coming out and putting their bodies on the line, really. And, um it's tough, mate. You got some big lads in the championship. It's definitely a lot slower. The game is a lot slower in the champ, but that also makes the collisions a lot bigger. Yeah. And and the wrestle quite important. Um, you know, you, you when you know the way that London when I was there, London played because we we're a full time outfit and we played on the 4G pitch down at Ealing Trailfinders. Yeah. We we caught so many teams off guard, like they couldn't get close to us because we play played a fast game game of rugby. Mm-hmm. But when from you know February to to the end of April, you know you're in the mud slogging it out with against teams like Halifax, Mali, yeah. uh, at some very very tough grounds, and it was it was it was in some ways a lot harder than playing in Super League. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, yeah, obviously the skill the skill is a massive factor. That that is the difference. The skill, um, but the speed speed is the main thing. Definitely speed is the main thing. Um, yep. I had some real fast-paced games in the championship, like against Toronto and Toulouse. Mm. But then they're sort of like you, you. You'd probably say they'd go okay in the Super League in some games, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so I did have some very fast-paced games against them teams, or maybe, maybe even Fev um, mm. and Halifax at times. But, but um, yeah, you know, I think the main thing for me, mate, in, being a player in the middle and, and playing good minutes and, and making a lot of tackles is, is just that I notice is the speed, really, the speed of the rook um, and things like that. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll move a couple of months onward now, and you're preparing for undoubtedly the biggest game in your career to date, the Challenge Cup final. What did it feel like to stand in Wembley Stadium in front of 60,000 people at such a young age? Yeah, you know, mate, it it was great. Um, it's sort of looking back on it now, it's just a massive blur. Um, I've got to yeah. sort of look at like the videos and and uh, of the game back and the pictures to sort of really remember it. But it was just all a massive blur to me, mate. And um, I was so obsessed about playing in that game. Mm. The week the weeks before that, I probably didn't think about anything else. Yeah, um, it just all came. It you know, it came so fast. It was such a hot day. Um, I remember more sitting on the bench, just sweating, um, sweating like mad, and trying to trying to stay cool before I went on. Um, so yeah, mate, it, it was an unreal day, and it was great to get that win. It was, you know, one of the best days of my life, obviously. And, yeah. Um, I was just happy that my family and, and me me friends could come, you know, and, and watch me play in in that sort of arena. Yeah. Um, you know. I tend to not sort of think about things too much and worry about things too much. I was nervous, obviously, but um, I think my family were a lot more ner- nervous than me. But yeah. uh, it was it was uh, it, it was great. Yeah, it was a great day, and so you know I'm so happy that we got the win. The boys just pulled out the bag completely. Yeah. And I was just ha- happy to be a, happy to be a part of that that team um, that that won the Challenge Cup in in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and coming into the game as underdogs, as well as having to adjust due to marquee player Blake Austin being out injured, mm. what did Steve Price and the Wolves squad do to learn from their mistakes back in 2018 and give themselves the best possible chance of getting the win? 
Yeah, so, you know, obviously for me personally, I, I didn't play in 2018. I'd never experienced anything like that, so it was yeah. new to me. But um, I think we just kept everything simple. Our game plan was so simple. Um, and and it was just the, the thing we did on the day. We just stuck to the game plan so, so well, and we did yeah. the little things right. And and um, and say, it just blew Saints away, really. I don't think they knew how to deal with that. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't think we hadn't even beaten Saints all through that year. No. So um, we just did things a bit differently with with our game plan, and 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 that helped us massively. Um, yeah. So it, we we kept things simple. We it was you know it was uh, it was an emotional one you know before the game and, and mm. leading up to the game we you know we wore hearts on our sleeve with each other. And, um, yeah. It felt like a real tight knit group, but from from that week where, <clears throat> from when we beat Hull FC in the semi final, even mm-hmm. though we had a few a few rough fixtures, I think we got nilled by Wigan the week before twenty nil. Yeah. Um, there was still not really much doubt in in us throughout that week, that technical week, that we were ever going to lose that game. Yeah. We were yeah. never even spoke about that. I don't even think I thought about losing the game once. It mm. never even entered my mind, and um, and when you know. When, when we were in the tunnel before the game, we yeah. were very relaxed. You know, I was speaking with the lads. I remember shaking hands with Prince Harry and had, had yeah. a bit of a laughing joke with him. Uh, I remember standing at the back, of, you know, at the back with Philbs, uh, Jace Clark, just yeah. having a chat, really, you know, just just being quite calm. And all the Saints boys were, you know, huffing and panting, like huffing and panting, and they looked very, very up for it. But, yeah. you know, Realistically, you have to you have to wait in the tunnel for a bide with me for three or four minutes, yeah. and you have to walk out on the pitch to I think it was like 34 degrees on that day. Yeah, uh, walk onto the pitch and then you have to shake hands. So you're looking at like a 10 minute interval before the game even starts. Yeah. So I think you know we we stayed really calm and um, we did I think we did some good bits and um, um, and yeah. We, it, it, it just worked, mate. You know, everything on that day just worked for us, which was great. Uh, it just came to fruition, and just um, and and it just happened for us. So I think we were all massively on. All the boys, you know, they were massively on on that day, and it just showed. So yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a day to be remembered. Now, with the recent news that Super League will be returning on the second of August, what are you and the Warrington Wolves putting into place to make sure everyone is fit and ready to play again when Super League returns? Um, so yeah, so today, like I've, for instance, I've been training with Jake Mamo. Uh, yeah. We've been down to the, we, we've trained, trained in a just in our own gym and stuff like that. Um, not mm-hmm. not in the Warrington one, but I've I've got my own makeshift gym. Um, yeah. And then we went to do a bit of running down at um, at Coolchiff Eagles um, amateur mm-hmm. clubs um, facilities. So we, I think there's there's not anything set in place, mate. Really, it's you know. The SNC is obviously always keep tabs, but um, we we're just expected to keep fit the whole time, and um, we're back so We'll be back, I'm pretty sure, in the next few weeks. So we're ready for our first game. Um, so it's it's sort of, it's sort of on yourself to sort of keep fit and in shape, isn't it? You know, actually going to come back and you're really going to struggle, and or you you're prone to injury. So mm-hmm. it's um, yeah, mate. It's there, there's not obviously because of like certain things with furlough and stuff you can't you know you can't it's not always as simple to you you have to basically we have to do things off our own back so um which is which is sweet 
yeah uh, you know you sort of know what you're doing and uh, you you've been in the game for long enough that you know what sort of training you need to do to to come back ready yeah so i think i think now it's just about picking it up picking up the the high speed running um ready for when we're back in in, in a few weeks and yeah uh, and hopefully we'll be able to take the ground running really well and and all the boys have been keeping fit and fresh and and healthy so that's yeah. the main thing definitely so with your early stages of what warrington's career uh, you've shown some yeah. great promise with versatility and a great work ethic. Where do you see your future at the club? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I'm out of contract this year with Warrington. Um, yeah. You know, it's you know, first and foremost, I, I want to obviously have a really, a really good end to the season when when we're back in and yeah, and just see where that takes me, mate. If I'm honest, so, um, you know, it, it's been a, a good club to be at so far, and mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed it. You know, I've done some good bits and I've played. 20 maybe up to 23 24 games now with the challenge yeah. cup and you know i really feel uh for me as a player that i want you know i do want to cement down the loose forward spot uh, that 13 position mm. but you know there, there's some good players that are the battling out for it as well so it's, it's always tough but yeah that, you know that's my aspiration of, of you know nailing down that 13 spot certainly for the for the rest of this season mm -hmm. um and just seeing seeing where that takes me really mate and uh, and going from there but um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, I see, I see myself, you know, doing doing a good job. I've done a good job so far at Warrington. Yeah. You know, I, I hope that sort of uh, other people can see that in a way, and that I just, I just, I work hard. My work ethic's good. I won't always do the flashy things, but yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, I'll do the tough stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's, um, you know, obviously I can't. I can't say too much about what what the future holds for me, but yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm enjoying it at Warrington, and uh, I'm fully committed to the, to these boys and, and my teammates and, and the coaches for the rest of the season for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. To finish off the podcast, we'll do some quick fire questions. So uh, let's get yep. started. Question one: Who's the first out onto the pitch in training? I uh, probably gotta say Toby King. All right. Question two: Is there a player you aspire to be like when growing up? Uh, what when I was a young lad growing yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was a rugby. I was a like obviously played rugby union, didn't I? So I was obsessed mm -hmm. about Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah. Um, growing up, yeah. So yeah, I'd have to be Johnny Wilkinson. I'd say, mate. Yeah. All right. Question three: Who's the first to have a pint after a match? First to have a pint, uh, probably. Uh, probably Tommy Lynham. All right. Question four: If the, at half time, if the boys aren't having a good game, who's the biggest motivator? Um, probably you know Chris Hill, Mark Cooper. Uh, probably probably Mark Cooper. Yeah, Mark Cooper's pretty good. All right. Question five: Is there a player that always <sighs> arrives late? Always arrives late. Mm, that's a good question. Not really, mate, because we um we get fined for being late. So yeah. Um. No one's really that late. I can't. I can't think of who would be late. I've not got one for that, mate. I can't think of who would be late. If I'm honest. No worries. Uh, and finally, question six: Who's the hardest player you've ever had to tackle? Hardest player I've ever had to tackle. Uh, well, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> uh, Sam Sam Cassiano was tough. Yeah. Uh, playing against Catalan a few times. He's obviously a big lad. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Well, do you know what? 
one of the hardest players to tackle because of how fast and 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 agility wise is Regan Grace. He's honestly yeah. an absolute handful. Uh, handful. Um, so yeah, I'd say re- like for for the other reasons, Regan Grace is hard because you you you're lining up to tackle him and then he's just gone. You know, yeah. he just puts a bit of footwork on and he's gone. But I'd say Sam Cassiano for for the size of him, he's just he's very hard to tackle and he's a big thing. Um, also, Fui Fui more and more when I first started playing, and I was like nineteen, yeah. having to, having to play against him for Lee mm. was um, <laughs> that was pretty tough. So yeah. uh, I'd say yeah, I'd say Fui Fui was a tough a tough. Um, you know, he had low centre of gravity. He was a big lad, and yep. he was fast. So so yeah, he was Fui was a uh, was a pretty tough player to, to handle back then. Yeah. Definitely. So before we finish off the podcast, do you have anything to say uh, to the young listeners who are trying to make it in the world of rugby league? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the, the main the main thing that sort of I learned growing up is just uh, ju- just to try your best at everything. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm for me personally, I'm not the biggest, I'm not fastest or strongest at all, but I worked hard for worked really hard for what what I've got. Yeah. And, um, it's just about putting your time and effort and enthusiasm in, into what you're wanting to do in, in any form of life, whether you want to be a rugby player, whether you want to be, you know, a doctor or a surgeon, a dentist, um, if you want to be a fireman or a policeman, as long as you, you know, you put all your effort into that and, and you work so hard, then I think it, it will come about, you know, that things things start happening once once you're putting the effort in and you're enthusiastic about what you're wanting to do yeah um so so that's something that i definitely learned that um you know you, you get you get out what you put in basically um and that's just sort of what i've gone off gone off for, for a long time now um, yeah and it's you know it's paying off it's slowly paying off for me so um just just to the young listeners that that you know are listening just just follow follow your dreams because i don't think Think any dreams too big, really. Um, you know, no dreams too big, and uh, and uh, and you know, whatever you want to do, you can definitely accomplish in the future, as long as you just put your mind to it and and you're having fun. You know, you're having fun during the time, and uh, and you're enjoying yourself. So yeah, definitely. So thanks for joining us today, Matty. It's been a great episode. That's all right, mate. Uh, I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing you and the Warrington lads back out on the field soon, and hopefully myself as a Warrington fan uh, and the yeah. other loyal Warrington fans will be back at the HJ cheering you on soon. Uh, once again, thanks yeah. for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, stay safe, and hopefully I can get you back on the podcast again sometime in the future. All the best, mate. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Anytime, anytime. It's been great speaking to you, both. You too. Here thanks, mate. The, here comes the... Y'all don't really worry